Welcome to Opening Presence, the podcast about creative self-realization. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's episode, I sit down with Robert Gill. He's a therapist specializing in couples and marriage counseling and the host of the Play No Games podcast. In this conversation, we dive into one of my favorite topics, relationships. Follow along as we break down the nuance of vulnerability and the importance of communication to shed light onto the sometimes unspoken expectations we have for our partners. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. Now, without further ado, welcome to Opening Presence. Welcome to Opening Presence. My name is Aaron Robinson. Today I have a very, very special guest. I'm sure we're going to go like to the moon <laughs> and back and everywhere in between. Today I'm joined by Rob Gill. How are you? Uh, I am doing, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Yeah. It's a little bit rainy outside, but we, we curate the vibes indoors. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, I know y'all listening on the uh, audio, but I'm just trying to tell you it's the whole vibe in here. If y'all can see, I got the incense, the paintings. Like I feel like he's trying to open up my third eye. Just <laughs> you, mean, you mean it's not open yet? It, it's, it's, it's it's like halfway there. So you got sleepy, sleepy third eye. Well, uh, I was doing some things before I came here, <laughs> so it kind of you know shit. But I'm opening it up. I'm opening it up. Most definitely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Um, just the limited conversations that we've had so far, I, yeah. I could tell early on, I was like, oh yeah, we're, we're going to be on each other's <laughs> podcasts and, and we're just going to like, let this, this wave ride because we have a lot of similarities in our yeah. outlook and growth trajectory. But, um, before we dive into all those like fancy, cool things, like, mm-hmm. can you give a little background on yourself? Like where'd you grow up and all that stuff? Yeah. Um, born and raised Portland, Oregon. Um, I'm a Portland native. Some people call that native talk controversial, but I'm a Portland native. Sorry. Uh, and I've lived here my entire life, but I'm well-traveled. Definitely spent some time out of the country, flown all, all over the country. Um, but me, I this question always gets me because, like, I've, there's so many different facets of who I am, but the things that people mostly see mostly is uh, – I'm a CSWA. That's a clinical social worker associate. Uh, most people definitely see me as, and I tell them I'm a therapist and, uh, that's what I do for my community and I love it. And, um, I specialize in couples and marriage counseling. Wow. Uh, that's, that's my jam. You know, two people in Tormor, I'm like, sit down. I yeah, can, yeah. I can help this. Wow. How did you find that? Wow. You're asked, how did I stumble into that? It's crazy. When I was in high school at Jefferson High School, I'm a Jefferson alum. Okay. Demos, I say. Um, I always knew I wanted to be a psychologist. It was just crazy. Um, Fast forward to going to college is I was actually going through like a really interesting breakup. And at that time, I was interning 
sort of kind of because you really can't enter another psychologist. So I was able to, you know, I had like a child psychologist mentor and she was just putting me and peeping me on game. And during that breakup, during like me going through and like being her understudy for the most part, once again, just have to say this, wasn't seeing clients, but just talking with her. Um, my whole world collided because I'm just a systems person and no diss to my child psychologist where I'm like, I feel like I will be working with a kid in the future and I'm scathing and shaving off just enough anxiety for them to go back into a situation that they had no control over. Mm. So me having that thought and then me going through a breakup, like it just hit me. I was like, I want to be someone during this time before I got into that crazy breakup. I was like, what can I do to shift systems? Like I have to change the system. I can't, help they really helped the kid about changing the entire system and i was mulling this for like two years and then this one faithful day in the morning i got a, I was upstairs in my dorm and literally this movie i've seen a thousand and billion times hitch hitch came on i had a good ugly cry and i was like why like this makes sense i'm supposed to do this mm. and um from there it was born that i was really wanting to you know one at and i'll get into this as well i was like ooh, i want to do matchmaking and i was thinking about considering dropping out of college but i'm like anybody can be a matchmaker hey you're a matchmaker like you really got put in some legwork with it and then and then it just dawned to me i was like marriage and couples counseling took a class like i hold this so dear into my heart i got like a super a like I did all the extra credit, the teacher, not teacher, the professor was like, yo, you're really good at this. And I was like, yeah. So from there, I was like, I want to be a couples and marriage counselor. Wow. So that's beautiful, man, to find that like in a really like organic way. But then it's like your heart speaking to your highest calling and guiding you into mm -hmm. it. It's like that's a that's an amazing thing. Like, I don't know, like the whole couples and marriage things. Are you married now? I am not. You're not. I'm not. Okay, so how do you feel like, like, be, have you been married before? I have not. You have it. You have not. Okay. I'm not. Oh, I okay. That's a good answer because it's like when you get married, you intend on saying, okay, I get it, I get it. So, <laughs> so how, so how does that go go over like when you are giving advice like to people who are in monogamous relationships? Oh, this is such a actually excellent question because I actually was going. I don't want to say a little bit of like imposter syndrome. But I was going through a little bit of that um, one for the people uh, who I'm black, I'm African American, so I'm yeah, a black therapist. Black, black therapist. So I love my people, but at the same time, y'all, y'all make me want to scratch my hair out. Where like I would tell people like, oh, like any other any other race, I'm like, oh, I'm a therapist, couples counselor, and they're like, oh, you're married, not married. They're like, whatever, right? But when I would tell my people, they were like, are you married? And then I'd be like, nah, then your advice is invalid. That would bother, back in the past, would bother my socks off. Mm -hmm. But well, now my clinical supervisor, who I love, who's a black woman, all this other lovely stuff about her, before I even met her and any, anything in between, I had the epiphany. And then she, like, really, in the last couple of years, like, ironed a lot of stuff out. Where it's kind of like people are coming in to see me for my professionalism, things that I've studied and and that where it's kind of like if they're so concerned about what i'm doing you're really not being present for what you need to have work on and i also in a funny way that one of my friends put it is 
do does a dentist need to have you know cavities or root canal to know that I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, does the dentist need to? Do I, does the doctor need to solve his arm to know how to? No, not at all. And I, I feel like I'm stepping into that same space of like, yo, like I'm a meditation coach and teacher. Mm. And it's like, I haven't even gotten trained by any person. It's mm. like, I think like the prerequisite for uh, helping other people mm. is being present and having a genuine desire to help and, yeah. and to relieve like the suffering that we're all experiencing it's like yo it's like i can't put a put a i guess like a wrap my intuition up in a bow and like it's like a credential it's like no this some people we just have like insight and and Mm -hmm. know like what to say and how to show up for people and hold space and and i think you probably experience that a lot i just feel like and not just people in the black community i feel like people easily bond when it comes to trauma we're like oh this happened to me oh this happened to me too oh you know exactly what i'm feeling and what i've experienced and i've learned to even if me and a person has a similar story i say i have an understanding because mm-hmm. i don't live your life and that affect that could affect you massively differently than it would affect me so i think when we really in the helping profession like when we really want to help people we always have that have that curiosity and have that understanding that i have an understanding of your pain but i know that i'm experiencing that and i'm willing to sit to listen with not just my lived experience with what i can do to help you at this moment mhm that's awesome so in your profession <laughs> and let's let's just say for the sake of like this conversation and yeah. just consistency speaking about heterosexual relationships. Um, what's been kind of like the thing that you keep coming back to and finding <laughs> yourself repeating over and over again, as far as uh, solutions to, to problems or, or I think I kind of know <laughs> <laughs> the baseline thing, but mm. what do you what do you find like as a reoccurring uh, thing when it comes to monogamous heterosexual relationships? Ooh, y'all gonna hate me for this one, but it's the whole gimmicky communication. Like I just have to say that one as like a pseudo first place, but I would also say uh, expectations. I would say expectations is like the close second to it, and the reason why I bring up expectations is, um. We'll just, you know, use each other. And I always say, even on the podcast or when I do therapy, because I want to empower my clients and whoever's whoever I have on. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm. So I'm going to use you as an example. If that doesn't fit, you have the utmost right to interrupt and be like, nah, nah, that's not me. For sure. So it's like us growing up, right? We have an idea of, and this in regards to expectations, we have an idea of what we think a wife and a marriage is supposed to be. And when we get into these relationships, what we don't understand is we are playing out those expectations of what we think a wife and a mother is supposed to be. Now, obviously there are foundational pillars that go across. I don't care if anyone says in every relationship, you have to have those foundational pillars, right? But what grows after those pillars, if we're, using this metaphor to build that house, that foundation is, you know, the uniqueness of your relationship. And the fact that we keep these expectations in our mind and our head is the reason why 
a lot of these things fail because, well, my dad, you know, he took out the trash and he did all those things, paid all the bills. Did you communicate that to your partner that you have an expectation that what you define as manhood or manliness is a man that can take care of that? Did you give that man an opportunity to be like, oh, I can do that. And then once you once that comes out in the material world, that's when the leveraging and then negotiation can happen. And I feel like when we get into relationships, when we get into into marriage or, you know, situationships, we have these expectations of people and we just don't talk about it. Mm. We just make assumptions. Yep. That's that's my whole entire (laughs) like story. And I I definitely learn behavior like I've expressed many times uh, just the the patterns that I've that I've uh, inherited from my own parents and, Mm. and witnessing. Uh, my father who did not speak to my mother. I don't mm. have any any examples or memories of my father like having just like a conversation with my mom. Like, mm. hey, Lisa, like, I think that we need to do, 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 do. like, I've never seen him mm. assert and lead in any type of way. It's always just assumed that my mother was supposed to know exactly what he was thinking. Mm. And he can kind of just brutishly just like nudge and kind of be hold space but not give any type sort of direction and mm-hmm. then if you don't do the thing that he wanted it it'd be like a mm. like just like oh like a disapproved look and it's just mm-hmm. like like nigga fucking talk like talk <laughs> and i see that in myself a lot like when i have like these desires or like these expectations that i have of somebody uh of a partner or, or somebody that's i'm engaging with romantically but it's like i won't tell them what I want, but then if they do what I don't want, then I'll emotionally or passive aggressively kind of like Mm. show my displeasure in ignoring them or just acting like I don't care or, or giving the silent treatment. Mm. And, and, and I think it's kind of like a way or mode to protect myself. Cause it's like, all right, like how do I like not like scorch the earth so much that you run mm. away, but then also enough mm. to where you're going to get in problem solving mode and figure out why I'm acting this way. And it's like, I was like, it's very like toxic, but I'm very uh, aware of that tendency and, and seeing like the ways that my mother had uh, like accommodated mm-hmm. and then just kind of just didn't want to do that anymore for my father. It was just like, all right, well, I'm just going to, like this is over now and not seeing like this, this like, like, like explanation. Mm. It's like, yo dad, like your wife is leaving you. Like, like, are you going to fight for it or just let her walk away? And, and he's just like, uh, uh, uh. and it's just like, I have that same part of me, even if I know it's like the right person, it's like, Oh, well she wants to walk away. She could leave type of thing. <laughs> oh man. You, I should have I should have known this was coming. <laughs> I should have known this was coming. Um, see, because I want to be very authentic, right? Because like, there's there are certain aspects of my life that I'm like I would never like I'm not, I'm not gonna put that on there. But I I think I at least just have to say this, and you know, I don't know if anyone else is gonna listen to this or like that is close to the story I'm gonna bring up. But the way that you set the table and move, I'm just like fuck it. So. <laughs> I've like 
currently, I don't know when this will be released, but like I've been like reconnecting with one of with one of my exes. We'll just okay. say that with okay. one of my exes. Okay, right? we getting there? <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that. And like it's crazy that you said that because I'm come from a family where, uh, and oh, this is a podcast exclusive as well. I'm coming from a family where like people just think I just you know have just my mom and like you know i i do have a dad and you know you know our relationship is interesting and it's kind of like i feel like my mom did an excellent job raising me and i just learned a lot of stuff when it came from like my dad just like opposite things to do right and i've always told myself where i'm like man like i'm gonna be so attentive to my girl i'm gonna do all these different things and like reconnecting with one of my exes because I already have like a high expectation for myself for like how I am to like my partner. And my thing is like, once, once, like, once, like you make like the sake oath and things like that, you got me invested. We're like, we're, I know we're gonna have up and down days and things like that. And like we reconnected and it was crazy just hearing her say some of the things that I did. And like, now there are some of the things where, hella distortions where i know i was a hundred and ten percent right but there are a few things that she was telling me and i was like i wasn't meaning to do that like and that's one of like and i'm not even trying to absolve myself from like mistakes or anything like that but that was like trait for my dad Mm. and i was kind of like you should have like you know you should have known like you should have like i wasn't meaning that like why didn't you ask me a question and this just ultimately leads me to just saying just like relationships are really about vulnerability and like being able to, and what a lot of people don't understand is like when we talk about like in therapy, we're like, you know, if someone has anxiety or pressure and things like that, like obviously there's coping mechanisms, things and things like that. But like, ultimately I talk to people about reaching peace and sometimes peace is pushing through uncomfortable things. That's you. If you have anxiety, you got to eat. You got to go outside. If you're agoraphobic, you know, agoraphobia, you eventually got to go outside and get something to eat. You can Uber Eats. That's going to add up. Mm-hmm. Like, ultimately, my thing of just bringing this up is, like, pushing through, like, the uncomfortable things. I, you know, very recently had to push through some uncomfortable things that I made this person feel like this, even though my intentions wasn't that. Mm-hmm. And then knowing the origins and where that came from. So I was kind of like, I got to give you a podcast exclusive <laughs> about my life. Exclusive. Yeah. Who knows like what's going to be the situation when, when this gets released, but it's like, <laughs> we never know. We never, we never know, but I appreciate the authenticity. Cause it's like, we're just, we're all humans just trying to like work things out. And like, I think you said something very important is like the vulnerability component. Mm-hmm. And it's like, allowing ourselves to get to that space because like i can be vulnerable like at the drop of the hat that's like my mo and i think i kind of use it within relationships to kind of push people away at the same time it's like let me put it all on the table because there's no way you can love me if i tell you x y and z and then it's like no i like you more and i'm like wait what like i didn't (laughs) i wasn't planning on you actually like 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 fucking with me in that way and i think a fear that i've always had is that like if i committed myself then i would have i would lose my freedom in some capacity and i think a lot of men have this experience of like 
like that fear of like, oh, what if I if I do commit myself to this person, like there is no way out of this. And I think I've held myself uh, mm. or I've, I've had that fear and I've recognized that. And it's kind of taken me away from really connecting with with people um, and and judging way too harshly. It's like, oh, this person doesn't have all mm. the traits that I want right now. And it's just like, well, can they grow? It's like, can they grow into this person? And can you can you like be of service and, and nurture that growth uh, of that person? And I think nowadays I'm kind of like seeing that and, and recognizing like, yo, like I can just like like be present instead of trying to like think 10 steps down the road of what they could be or would be or should mm. be. And just be here right now with them and, and just enjoy each other's company. It's like, I, mm. I want to be able to laugh and play and just like fully like rest in somatic proximity with another person. And just to just to know that somebody has my back in regardless of how things like work out. Mm-hmm. But it requires me to show up fully in a way without like just giving them like a little like a little piece of me. And then like when they don't respond or interact with me like in in a way that i like want it's like aaron because you're not giving your full self how are you supposed to like paint this picture like how are you supposed to paint smoky night with no blue and i'm holding on to the blue like saying like hey give me a replica of of or i think what's that what's that van gogh painting like with like the it's not starry night starry yeah is it, is it starry, starry night? night is it starry night see i was thinking starry night when you were saying that one. okay so, okay okay yeah, smoky yeah, yeah. night is a is a old book that my friend uh his dad was an illustrator for it so it's called smoky nights okay I was yeah i think it's start yeah same. i was thinking that was but, the thing okay, okay, okay same thing but it's like you're holding back something and you're expecting somebody to like understand where you're coming from but you're holding you're holding hostage the thing that the key to their understanding and you don't sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it sometimes you do realize you're doing it but i think you need to give everybody the opportunity to to see clearly who you are and you gotta i think that's vulnerability oh we are really doing this right now like we are really doing this is baseline understanding which is why the bar is set so high for anybody that enters our sphere of influence see this is what your show is doing this is what your show i I can't let you be the only person because like even now like i'm like like don't get me wrong other shows i've been on where i'm like they ask me just straight up things but like the way you're crafting this where i feel like it'll be so unauthentic for me like ah i gotta answer that like the real (laughs) pass exactly no pass no pass we're like the way that you really crafted that just lets me know that like even though in our in our a limited amount of us hanging out and things like that i know you and i talked about this on my show i know you have like a very big heart and i know you have a lot of that to give to someone and and i'll more so just speak on me because i don't know if this has happened with you where like there was a point in time in in i'll just say in my life where i showed all of that right now i didn't turn into a future i didn't do all that you know other bs but i'm like all right what can i learn from this situation this situation let me know that if i give someone a hundred percent of me that's too much mm-hmm. let me give them 80 percent. oh they work well with 80 percent. all right cool 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 and then when the shit hits the fan and when you are pushing up and I'm like why this person doesn't get get this or understand this Oh, I gave them 80%. Mm-hmm. Oh, but they did show me in the past that they couldn't handle 80%. So why, so why would I put them in a situation? All right, let me, let me just give this. No, I had to learn being within myself where it's kind of like, as 
as mental health conscious or, you know, many things I've lived through, I have like, I don't want a person or a partner to put me on a pedestal. Right. But like how people, you know, look at me or things like that. That's even a facade in itself. Mm -hmm. And I, for me, just have to be able to let a partner know I need help. Like this is like, I relax by sitting on my stairs. What? Why you do it? Why you do that? Like, that's just me. Like, or I need like, just as much as I compliment you, I would love you for you to be my hype woman. Or like, I just need you to do this because it it will make me feel like this. Because as, as we, before I'm a very accommodating person. And sometimes I'm like, if I'm accommodating, that person will be accommodating to me. No, unless I open up my mouth and be like, I want this to be reciprocated. And that just goes back to the expectation type of thing. But as we're going, just sticking forward this point, we're like, relationships those expectations if you don't give a hundred percent of yourself and ditch the like people are going to burn you no matter what but would you rather them burn you with you holding back because you weren't giving your full self you robbed your situation of a potentiality something that could have really worked and what you thought was weird or obnoxious or anything like that maybe have been fine and I just learned for myself to do, you know, I'm working on being better at like showing, I won't say hundred percent, but 150% of me, because especially cause I just talked about the facade. People mm-hmm. think I just, uh, I am a bit of a goat when it comes to relationships, but, <laughs> but I even have my shortcomings. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. Like, I don't know. There's just so many like ways, <laughs> ways to go. Like you spoke about like pedestalizing, which is kind of, that's I think over the last like number of years, like what's come to light is my pedestalizing of like the beautiful woman, like archetype of like Ooh. what I've grown up to see. Like, and it's just like, there's this woman who, and, and it's in a lot of women, a lot of women have it. And it's, it's like this beauty that I like find it attractive and it doesn't have a shape. It doesn't have a size. It doesn't have a color, nothing. And mm. I would have this, this tendency to kind of disregard like this, the person's soul for their aesthetic. It's like, I'm not even paying attention to like the energy that they're giving me or anything. I'm just like, yep. Checks off, checks off. Just like this (laughs) desire to have a beautiful woman like next to me or whatever, and be validated by achieving this, this unicorn in, in just completely disregarding like all the other red flags and and disregarding how I felt with this person and seeing this happen over and over again. And and even, even like to this day, like I'll, I'll I'll catch myself and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I'm lusting so hard over somebody that's not giving me what I need. And, and it's like, Oh, well, Aaron, you didn't communicate what you needed Mm because you're afraid if you communicate your needs, then they're not going to want to be around anymore. And Mm -hmm. so there's this, Ah. there's this, there's this like, there's this game that I play with myself and it's like, like when you're saying showing up as 150% yourself, it's like, that means saying what I need. And if you don't want to be around, bye-bye. Like you gone. <laughs> um, but a practice that's been helping me like throughout, like, like I was saying, it's like whenever shit pops on Instagram, like every, and it's almost cuffing season. So it's like, like people are shooting their shots. Like, let's be very clear. It's like, <laughs> Like, oh, hey, how's it been? Like, I was like, you seen how it's been? 
Like you see the smile, you see the workshops, like, like I'm working on myself all the time. And, and in the past, and even still, I'll catch myself like abandoning home base within to run out and, and start fantasizing about like a pretty girl who like DM me. I'm like, Ooh, what is she? Like, okay, like let's, let's line this thing up. And what are we going to do? And then it's just like, Aaron, you abandon yourself again for somebody that you didn't seek out yourself like you mm. you didn't reach out and like choose and and discern like oh like she has qualities that i like i'm gonna go approach mm. i just was just doing my thing and then someone taps me on my shoulder and then takes my attention but it's like yo for however long they hold your attention at the end of the day that wasn't a decision you made like you were you weren't present so you kind of like followed this trail and it's like wait i wasn't even driving the ship like like this, mm. this, 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 uh, this beauty or this woman is guiding me over here. That wasn't even my decision. And when I met you the first time, like we were talking about <laughs> like the approach and how yeah. like we're on social media all the time and we're on hinge and all these apps and stuff. But I, I, I think I told you, but like I had approached, uh, somebody, um, a, f- a number of weeks ago and like got to experience what it felt like to find someone attractive and to face the anxiety. Cause I have anxiety for, for approaching women for sure, for sure. And it's always like a, like you make it into a bigger deal, but it's like, but knowing that that is like that, that wall and that barrier that I need to, to climb over in that moment. And I noticed it, I was like, Oh, this is like that tension spot. Like I need to, I need to approach this girl. So like I approached and was just like, hey, how's it going? We're over at like Skidmore Bluffs and uh, shout out to Reese if she's listening to this. <laughs> 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 but but I and I and I even like expressed this as just like 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 being there and just feeling what it feels like again. And since we're coming out of quarantine and we're not seeing each other's faces a lot and stuff, but like saying like, oh hey, how's it going? Like I hope you're having a good time. Like we're gonna be downtown later if you all want to meet up like she was with her friend and it's like oh like we're downtown like if you want to like if you want to like just follow my instagram just to so mm-hmm. like i'm not a crazy person out here just trying to get numbers and shit but long story short like like we contacted and like went on like a couple of dates have gone on a couple of dates and all that kind of stuff but that just that connection and creating a storyline like to actually like follow so it's like whatever happens it's like yo that was based off of like a real intuitive uh desire to connect rather than just swiping like i expressed to many people it's like i initially like have less respect for somebody that i swipe with on hinge Mm. because when they're sitting across from me, I'm like, yo, you know how easy it was to get you here? All I had to do was move my finger like this and you popped up. And there's this subconscious like devaluing of the person that I find on that. So in your experience of living, like like how important is like it for a man and or a woman to decide or discern like, yo, like I find this man attractive, like making it making it known or should it always be a man's place to to seek in an approach Ooh, couple of things couple of things i just want to speak to i think it's always anxiety producing when uh when you approach someone 
especially when they pique your interest from a physical standpoint only because a lot of people uh, don't uh, understand this quick drop. I'm a narrative therapist, so I work on changing people's internal narratives and things like that. You just start developing a narrative because you see her you're like oh man she's you know fine and then you know we're gonna be at dinner and then you know bring it to the crib you know what i'm saying <laughs> and then the guys who like oh we see you yeah. and like the, that's the billion things that go in because yeah. one of the things you also brought up and talking talking about which is was also true is attractive women like i'm just talking about just for my women listening you're more than just your looks but like just if you're talking about just going up pure attraction that does something in our society because I mentioned I look at systems. I've had I this takes me back to a time where I had like a gorgeous woman on my arm and we were just just friends ish kind of right. And she grabbed my hand and she took me to um back of this bar so we could just talk to me more one on one and just like. The the people would be like the guys would be like man you, you you made it you know you did it man <laughs> you did you, it man you, you you did it and then the girls being like oh okay and yeah. I'm like well I don't want to ignore that that definitely happens but it's a bit of like a you know power thing it's almost kind of like mm. can you challenge yourself to not view this person as an object now obviously you know she can't you know change her beauty like you know that's just her but it's kind of like. Are you gonna let that stuff go to your head? So that so so there's that that I wanted to bring up and talk about, and to answer your question and get back on uh back on it. Everybody has anxiety. Like it's on a spectrum of like one to like ten. Like one to two levels of anxiety is like I'm about to you know take a test or like I gotta get this done. Number three, like if you're like three out of ten, like that's like maximum stress. But once you get to four, five, six, and seven then you, you, you coming to see me. So like <laughs> I say, sometimes approaching and talking to a woman is like, you're like at a three, especially if you really want this to happen, especially that. So I'll just say this. I definitely think it's everyone's responsibility to have that experience of talking to someone. Now me personally, as a dude, I feel like I should come up to say something, but I'm also very welcoming if a chick comes and shoots her shot. And I, let's just say a female shoots her shot and to me comes up to me and let's just say she's not to my standard of just, just physical attraction. I'm have so much respect for that person mm-hmm. because I know what it's like to get rejected. And that opens up a can of universal worms of, we as society struggle with taking L's like mm-hmm. we romanticize the Mamba mentality, all these other different things, the Jordan, this, yeah, they won. But I think Rick Ross said, no, it was Drake. You wasn't with me shooting in the gym. <laughs> like you don't know how many shots I have missed mm-hmm. for me to be in this moment. And I feel like losing humbles you mm-hmm. and, 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 gimmickly you know you turn your l's your losses into or whatever lessons there we go there we go Mm -hmm. where it's kind of like i think everyone should have that experience because a lot of like and to be honest with you and i know i'm taking this to like a different extreme level a lot of stuff that i believe that goes on in our society is people not understanding how to take rejection Mm -hmm. like 
like what yeah she didn't want to talk to you oh yeah that's okay she doesn't she has a right to not talk to you oh you da 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 you a b you it is no you just don't know how to lose or you haven't lost in front of your guys and they're clowning you for it yeah and it's all about like that those experiences because if you've been rejected before you know how to all right i'm not going to totally crush this person because i know it takes it takes a lot to walk across the room from a club and be like hey you're bad especially in front of her friends because let me i i this ain't this is true the friends don't want you to win oh no they don't <laughs> they don't they don't so um so i so i think I think for me personally, I like to go up because it does build that story as you mentioned, but I think it's a universal thing that if I had a son and or daughter or not, if when I do have that, I'm going to teach them both to like, yeah, if you find someone interesting, go talk to them. It's important. Yeah. It's difficult to, to like the, the part about narratives, it's like that part is so hard to like disconnect and be present with the person in that moment and and also just like not letting like a rejection like stop you from trying again because like like from personal experiences like just like how long it takes to get back on the horse and it's just like yo like it's been like months since I've done this one thing that that has so much power to to teach me in in mm-hmm. each moment and then get a lot clearer on like what it is that you actually want cuz like you you take enough L's, you realize that there's more to a woman and than just a pretty face. And yeah. it's like, oh, I need I need something like that's intangible at certain at a certain point because like this the the aesthetic thing just isn't fulfilling anymore. So it's like, all right, what do I <laughs> what do I want now? Like, what do I want now? And it it there's more depth to it. You can find both, um, but yeah, it's definitely uh, a journey in that in that sense. I'm always a big I don't want the most beautiful girl. I just want a freaky seven. I just want a freaky seven. Freaky seven. Yeah. Freaky seven sounds great. <laughs> You're like, yo, this is fine. You know? Yeah. And one of the things I also want to just also bring up while we're on this topic is underestimating the person that you have. Like you were kind of just talking about just like, there's like levels to women. There's levels to, you know, people in general, but like when you get caught up in like, the narratives and the stories of like, Oh, I don't have this. But did you know when you got off work, the food was set, your favorite beer was on the table. The game is on. She's happy to see you. That's so easy for, and now I'm coming for my fellas. It's so easy for like, Oh man, we just don't be doing these things. You know, it takes a lot to maintain a household, especially if you know, homegirls working, things like that. Obviously talking in strictly heterosexual relationships, it can be transverse otherwise, but it's almost kind of like when we're evaluating people, once again, it's going back that narrative you build of like, Oh, my partners and person supposed to do this. Have you acknowledged the things they have been doing? Mm-hmm. Have you taken the time to be like, Oh, they do these things. Maybe it's not making dinner or setting that them being available to hear what's going on with you at work or you about your career or goal or dream where it's kind of like, how far are you in your head where you're and you've been saying this all day being present. I just want to make sure that is being that, that is, Hey, if she's doing those things, fellas, stop it. Stop going out. Tell boys you'll go out next Friday. Yeah. Let her know or let them know. 
because that's so big. Yeah. I, one last thing, and we'll go on to hey, some hey. more important things. Or that is very important. <laughs> um, but yeah, just the being present, though, because that's that's what I've found like as an exercise that I was saying like before we started this is like when I start following these narratives, like I get pinged and then mm-hmm. start fantasizing about like, oh, like what would it be like to like go down this like mm-hmm. storyline? And, and it's like, oh, I'm abandoning myself again. So mm-hmm. I'm like. In my head, I'm fantasizing about like, all right, like we're we gonna meet up over here, and like, we're gonna come over, and blah, blah blah. And I'm like, yo, Aaron, you're not being present right now. How do you feel inside your body? And and when I'm fantasizing, mm-hmm. it's like I have anxiety because I'm starting to anticipate and living in that future reality that's not here right now. So I have like this expectation of like, oh, I gotta show up like this. I gotta, I gotta make sure that everything's on point and and like please her and all that kind of shit and it's like that's where like like anxiety comes from that's where Mm -hmm. like performance anxiety comes because you want to like you want to like show up in that way but it's like yo like where are you right now and it's like i'm on a walk like why am i fantasizing or thinking about these other things (laughs) so in in recognizing the patterns that i've found myself in in the past and still to this day but then it's always just Oh, how do I show up for myself and love myself in this moment? Because that's where everything's going to come from. This mm-hmm. sense of this, this, I'm on my team. I'm not surrendering, uh, my, my connection to self to mm. satisfy this person that I don't even know at all. And that's something that I'm like, Oh, it's a constant exercise. As soon as I step away from self, I'm like, no, 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 no. Get back. Like light your incense, read your book, mm-hmm. like everything that you've ever wanted or that that you're being uh, sought after now was because I spent this time on self. So mm. anything like a like a beautiful, fulfilling partnership, that's gonna be because I prioritize my energy, I prioritize myself, and it's never gonna it's never gonna leave from that. So coming back is always gonna be the most fulfilling thing that there is. Now that was such a large gym. I hope people rewind and <laughs> listen to that was that was beautiful. Thank you. I'm just fig- trying to figure it out like like all of us. It's just like how do we create like a like an active blueprint because it's like we don't think about these things. It's just like mm-hmm. we don't share these things like along this journey. It's like it kind of just comes up like life experience happens, we notice it and let's just put it all on the table because we all kind of go through life thinking that oh, I'm the only person that feels this way. And it's mm-hmm. just like, no, like your neighbor feels the same way. Your friends feel the same way or have had the same or similar experiences. Mm-hmm. And we can learn so much just by sharing. And speaking of sharing, we started off, you have a <laughs> podcast. What's that about? <laughs> Segway. Oh, um, well, um, I do have a podcast. Um, it's called the Play No Games podcast. Um, I'm on there. Our our guy Koss, he's very controversial. Everyone loves his hot takes. He like he'll go in on Gary V people. We all he'll call him like a scammer. And then we have we have Arthur. Um, he has his own podcast. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's on the menu? He's you know into you know wealth, health, uh, veganism. Uh, and we just have a really good show and. The Play No Games podcast really came from um, a place of, at a time, I was building a dating app, 
uh, before Hinge came out. And I don't say it was similar to Hinge-ish, but I was trying to pitch it, uh, getting it ready. And a guy who was out, I was having work on the, po- uh, not podcast, work on the app, I outsourced from Cali. He was like, we need, he's like, yeah, it's great that, you know, you do therapy or therapist, but like nobody knows who you are. Like, he's like, we got to build hype around what you're doing. And he was like, he's like, I know you said you wanted to do, you know, a brick and mortar matchmaking company, which I'm working on and doing. He was like, why don't you start working on that? And what about a podcast? And I started working my brick and mortar, uh, matchmaking company, which is called look here. And then from there, I was like, I can be working on that. And then that's when the podcast came out and the podcast originally was just relationships. Mm -hmm. Uh, just talking about marriage relationships and having a space for like guys to talk about what that looks like. Um, and then because I want to make sure that anyone who's on my show, not just guests, but like people, my team where people are having fun, it, it like transformed. It transformed from just relationships to pop culture to society. And I actually like where it's at because we we talk about a lot of different things from um, what's going on in Portland, what's going on in the world. And, um, you know, Koss is also, you know, immigrant. So he kind of knows about different lifestyles of like what is going on or how love relationships or like what's going on in soccer mm-hmm. or now, which I'm totally fine with where where it's where we're like. How did this, I don't know if you watched this before, but like, how did this Ted Lasso interpretation, like, how did this, how does this look? Or like, what? So I love where the show is at because we really have lots of different people on from lawyers, from artists, like really anyone who's down to have um, conversations about furthering higher, higher vibrations. And when we say high vibrations, this means how can you be better than you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday in the sense of, can you think through this differently? Can you meet someone where they're at and have that understanding and um, not really get into an argument with them? So I, I can at least just say this. Uh, we were on an episode recently because um, our we were talking about like MGK and like, uh, what's her name? Megan Fox. Yeah. And Arthur was like, why are we talking about celebrity relationships? And like, everyone on the show and people listen, like I'm the King dingling about that. Where <laughs> I'm just kind of like, like it's merit because a lot of the populace get their ideas through relationships through these people. So why not take this use it as nutrients? And we had a very good dialogue about maybe she wanted that. Maybe we're putting these assumptions onto these people. And we kind of just talked about what's our responsibility as a podcast or what's our responsibility as a people. So when we're talking about other people's relationship, meeting them where they're at, where I do not know, even though we call it the Kim and Kanye thing, shout out to me and cost. We call it that, but it's almost kind of like, can I, I eat crow when, if that works mm-hmm. and someone challenged me, Oh yeah, that did work. I was so effing wrong about that. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty much what the Plano games podcast slash shows about hell yeah i like the that last part like the eating crow part like this being a continual medium it's like yo it's already on wax like the ability to show up fully in each moment and not and it's like the recall you can just look back at like three episodes ago and be like oh like you contradicted yourself but it's like 
yeah, but I owned it though. Like if somebody calls me on something or, or these ideas aren't fixed in place. And I, mm. that's why I've fallen in love with podcasting. Cause I'm mm. just like, yo, like let me grow in like, like you are, a, you are a fly on the wall to my own ascension. Like my fir- very first episode was called broadcasting my ascension essentially. <laughs> and that's all, <laughs> well, that's, like. that's all that this is, is like, we're learning and growing and, like from each other and just from like the first one to this one, like, yo, it's two different people. Like I'm not mm-hmm. the same person as that, that person like at all. And and it's a beautiful thing. And like the impact that it can have the power of, of uh, the spoken word and mm-hmm. formulating uh, ideas in real time and allowing them to exist in the world. Cause this mm-hmm. doesn't just end right here. It's like mm-hmm. we're exchanging energy and we're going to apply the things that we're learning from each other. This is like transmission. And then we go out into the world, like we try some things out and then like we go back to your podcast and then we're going to talk about some of the things that we happen on this podcast and, oh. and what did we learn along the way and, and what did we forget and, and what do we have like, like realizations on and, and we've already built like a million bridges to walk over like between us. And it's yeah. like, yo, like I've, this is the second conversation we've ever had. Like we met at a at a bar like two weeks ago, Very true. and it, we had we're like we connected. And we're like, oh yeah, yeah, like this is already like done deal. Put it on the calendar, and we're here now. And it's like when you just know, you know. It's like mm-hmm. all right, cool. Like even like your brick and mortar dating thing. I saw the 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 first thing that you guys posted last week. The look here between like the two people that went on a date. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, like that's that's the wave right there. And. I, I don't know if I shared with you, but I did a dating experience at a hotel in 2018 oh. and like curated around baseball. So it was called Midsummer Classic because that's like the baseball all-star game. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so I had like, all, it was, the whole thing was like baseball themed and it was like people, I have like a video I'll show you after this. But Please it's like, do. it's like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, like we'll connect on that and bring in that back around. Yeah, you, you see my whiteboard over there. There's like on the back other side like it's it's uh it says cold approach uh-huh. in part of this conversation part of <laughs> putting people in those experiences to mm-hmm. to what does it feel like to walk up to somebody and share your soul and and be open and vulnerable to the to the to the denial or whatever and and being okay and, and being like oh i'm good but it's like there's yeah. so much yeah. crossover where it's like okay like we're building in real time <laughs> through conversation and and <laughs> You you mentioned uh, sorry I'm kind of going on a tangent no, but do. like but you also said like the importance of podcasting we didn't you didn't finish your thought before we started the podcast but if you can kind of dive into like like the legacy and leaving something behind uh, with this medium <laughs> I I don't well because I would be cut. or if you want to say any words about like the what I had just said too so just a couple things one um, also you just mentioned. Uh, this definitely will probably be out and fully. Um, Portland doesn't have this, and I have a blind dating game show that I do in Portland, and I try to get people together where they could date differently. Like, obviously, we want some entertainment factors, but a lot of the questions and a lot of things that we have gets you to think de- deeply about the person that you potentially see potential in. So, uh, we do it. Obviously, some pretty hilarious cards we we get from tonight's conversation i want to shout out them but i also create some of the curate some of the cards myself um 
But long story short, um, if you can't, if you don't want to answer a question or anything like that, um, you either take a shot of like a mystery, like, like blended, like healthy substance, or you can take a shot of like alcohol. Um, or you can ask like a deep furthering question would be like, all right, what, how, how did your mom and dad's relationship inform your last relationship mm. or like on the beginning of it, like we'll have like fun, cool things where like before you go on the date, we ask you before you're on a date, you answer these questions. Right. And you get these five categories. One of the categories is like appearance. Right. And I'm giving out one of the secrets. And one of the secrets is like, sometimes you choose appearance. You get to see who you get to go with on a blind date. The other times it might be her foot. It might be his hand. And then we're asking you, why was it important for you to know that person's appearance or why was it important for you to know how many sexual parts they had mm -hmm. in the past or anything like that. So pretty much we do our whole little thing, but shout out to uh look here, blind date that's been coming out. But to answer some of uh, your questions, correct me if I'm wrong. I think one of them is talking about the legacy of podcasting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I just have a firm belief and because I don't know, it's been years since it's been out. I'm sorry, but like I've always been a weird person where I'm like, hey, if I ever pass, I want like my family to like have like pre recorded things I would do. Where like if I knew I had like two years on this planet, I would be like, all right, uh, my little niece's wedding, I'm gonna do a video for that, that, that. Where like I'm there, I'm like, ah, you know, I'm planning for this because like I think where podcast is going is it's like it's something so easily digestible, like really quickly, or you can put it on pause. And like in the next like half of a decade, I think podcasting is going to be on the same par of like, you know, I don't think it'll get onto like TV broadcasting, but like, it's almost going to be like, like now it's a lot, but it's kind of gonna be like, all right, Aaron's on, it's five, you know, <laughs> we got to make sure we get to, we tune in for this one. And it's in it. I don't want to say it's going to rival broadcasting, but it's going to, you know, give us run runs for his money. And I at least, and one thing I didn't finish. And even in our initial thought is like, when I get on and I hear certain podcasters or I hear certain, you know, things on TVs, like I don't see a lane for the stuff that we're doing. And that is really trying to help people just grow. And if you want to take this information, you take it because don't get me wrong. And I, I could believe you feel the same way where like, I know you don't want to be a martyr. I know you want to eat good and things like that. But like, Oh yeah. If I can help some people along the way, I want to do that. I'm just really tired of the Derek Jackson's, the influencers were like, they'd be like, yeah, if you pay your bills, you're a man. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just the toxicity that's pumped out. And I just got tired of not having a place where I can be authentically me to a certain extent, obviously. And really, how do I grow in this life? We're like, man, I really like botched talking to that girl. Maybe I should have sent, you know, less DMs or maybe I shouldn't respond to, you know, into her story. Or like maybe I should really just be focused on myself and all those things will just happen. More like, no, I don't there's not too many guys just talking about this. It's all about like I've already made it. Mm-hmm. Look at me. Yep. Let me do a backflip. Billion views. And my thing is, nah, y'all gonna watch 
the trials and tribulations. Sometimes the sound ain't working. Y'all going to watch this glow up. And that's where I believe podcasting and my own trajectory and even yours is going to go where it's kind of like, it's going to be that where people and kids be like, I don't know about this in sixth grade. They didn't teach me about how to love a girl instead of, you know, shout out to, you know, Bryson and all them. I mean, Bryson Tiller, like there's not too many, like we get a lot of our information about love, marriage from music, movies and TV. Podcasting will be the next thing where people mm-hmm. are like, I'm going to really dial into S. Perel. I'm really going to dive into Terry Real. And these are all psychologists and therapists or you know, Aaron, he's, you know, Aaron, he may not be licensed, but he's he really is taking the time to be thoughtful of like, oh, he was, you know, talking to his wife and his children like this. He's like, ah, oh, she really shouldn't have yelled at my kid like this. Mm-hmm. That's where I think podcasting is going to go, where it's going to be the, almost on par with what's already the, you know, the status quo. Yeah. It's one step closer to reality. Yeah. Like it is reality. It's like, it's yeah. next door. It's like, it's not this giant production where it's like, we're on set and like <laughs> action and all of this. It's not less, less manipulation. It's mm-hmm. like, oh. it's literally just like straight up. Like we just showed up and we're, we're ourselves without even having to like pre-plan it. And like, how am I going to come off as? It's just like, no, I, I am who I am in this moment. Like, and it's always yeah. a, it's a continuum and embracing the, the process and, and like you're saying, like watching like the glow up, but it's like, yo, it's like, I'm learning and growing. You're seeing it. You're a part of it. Like, thank you for listening. Everyone who's here. It's like, <laughs> we're all doing this together at the same time. And the part that you said about like, if you were to like pass and it's like leaving something behind, like, like going through life, it's like, I don't have a lot of like photos of like my mom and my dad and my grandparents. And I'm just like, yo, where are the photos at? Where are my photos at? Where are the photos when I was like, like 12 years old like i have like one photo and it's like what about the time in between mm-hmm. like when i'm growing and and like I'm, i know i was there i was alive like where am i like where mm-hmm. is my dad's photos of of him when he was like the same age as me mm-hmm. and it's like i don't have any of that stuff and i'm like yo and like like over the last few years it's like a lot of my family has passed and it's like they're not here anymore like mm-hmm. yes they live through me um, and I recognize that, but now it's like, okay, like, I don't want, like, I don't want any doubt to what my kids or anybody else in my family, mm. like, I don't want them to be like, to not know who I am. It's like, yo, like my kids are going to fucking listen, know who their fucking dad was. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless if, if I'm around in their lives or like, if I got in a car accident or something, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. our dad's gone. It's like, but he left 10,000 podcasts so I can have a relationship with him through this. And it's like, I see the importance of leaving the legacy and, mm-hmm. and letting people know, letting family know that's like, no, no, no. I lived and I made an impact and I'm mm. present and I'm working towards something bigger than myself, but the power to like leave like your essence into the world. And it's not going anywhere like at all. Like, that's such an opportunity when people are like, I don't like the sound of my voice and I don't, I don't think my, I don't think it's ready yet. And it's like, who cares if it's ready? Nobody fucking asked you if it's ready yet. It's like, you need to put it out there. It's like, make the impact into the world. It's like, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it's, we're just, we're with all the technology, like photography, like videography, mm-hmm. podcasts, all these mediums to make your impact in the world. So it stays in that, you can speak to your like later generations down the road, down the line. It's like, Mm. I don't know. It's just, 
the most obvious, like, oh, I have to let my grandkids, my great, 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 great grandkids know who I am. Mm, that's, uh, oh, I, I can't even, like, I can't, I can't believe it. I'm actually bringing this up. I had this really cool, like, obviously, business idea, but I got this from watching, like, Mulan, where I'm like, in you know, the, not the most recent Mulan, the Disney one, the better one, Mushu is there. Anywho, so, <laughs> so, like, oh, you don't even, I know, I know Mulan is, but it's just like, oh, I yeah. have like an emotional connection to it. But I'm just, well, me, I'm such like a nerd. Like, I learned and actually shamelessly, like, grew up through like TV, right? But like, I gotta have the common flexibility where I'm like, oh, like, this is what a, you know, happy family looks like. But anywho, in Mulan, right? They have this thing where, like, when Mulan goes out, if you've seen the 90s one, right? Mm -hmm. Where she goes out and she can look at her history, right? Go all the way back. And I'll be like, that'd be such a dope idea. One, to help to save, like, plots of land, cremate people, and then you, like, put them with their family. Obviously, people, hopefully, you keep your house. But, like, what would be dope to go in your own backyard? You push a button and you can, like, this is great, great uncle rob and uncle rob these are the things that he wrote that were important to him the people he thought he was important to him his best friends and the accomplishments that he identified that were his greatest things so when you go and your kid goes to be like oh yeah i'm gonna talk about my great you go right out to your backyard mm. know your history about yeah. your family and i'm just kind of like we should know more of that so i always was kind of like how can i make this portable or something like that but like i I like that just hit me to like share that. I'm like, oh my gosh. But like, so I, I 110% like vibe with that. Yeah. That just like, that's just scratching the surface on just like, like black Americans, like our story. It's just like wipe out our history. We don't know where we come from. Mm -hmm. How are we supposed to know how like that we are kings and queens like mm -hmm. living in this incarnation, but are disillusioned to think that we're not in that mass psychosis that his white supremacy <laughs> continues to feed us the narrative of lack and limitation and illness and death through the media and it's just like yo like that's where it's like comes down to like the parenting and even bringing it back to just relationships man yeah. like that's like fellow jefferson alum twix williams who's a friend who was on the podcast mm -hmm. a young young director virtuoso like yeah. after our podcast he was sitting in your seat but we had this great discussion and then like we I was driving him back home to Gresham um, mm. to his house and he still like lives with his parents. And I was like, what's the like I, I asked him like a question I was like, what's the like the like kind of like the secret sauce thing? And he's just like, oh, my dad's supportive, my mom. And I was like, oh, this young black man has both parents. And it was like, that was like the aha moment, like in the car, I was like, it's not that it's like, oh yeah, I beat the odds and this perseverance, which is like every single story is like, oh my God, you just expect every black kid to have like this, oh, I, I rose from the ashes and, and like parents, my uncles were on drugs and da da da, but just like, he's doing all these beautiful things, like doing these Nike gigs and just like, like going to do and make a huge impact in the world. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Twix. But it's like. He's just like, yeah, I just had both parents. Shout out to him. Yeah. Shout out to him. One of the, one of the things I also just want to bring up, which like I agree with you so wholeheartedly with, and I'm glad that you were able to get experience it with him, where like we literally have like the trauma or victim Olympics where like we look at 
things that come out of media is kind of like, well, young Damien, you know, his mom did crack and his father was a drug pain lord in both on two continents. And he just found the way to, you know, now he's a B-boy. Clap it up. And it's almost kind of like, um, shout out to my older brother, too. We are having a conversation about, like, why why can't we um, why can't we celebrate, you know, doesn't, you know, when we talk about black excellence, all something like, you know, kingdom, queendom and things like that. But why can't we, why, why can't we celebrate just being normal? Like, yeah. Like black normalcy. Yeah. Like, this is normal. Like it's normal to have Bro. that. And it's almost kind of like, I even, even like the music that I listen to, even though I know he's not anyone's like rap goat or things like that. But one of the things that I, why I like big Sean is because, He's rapping about what's going on in his life. He in his first album, he's talking about Detroit and his other stuff. But now he's like, "I'm a black millionaire. I got mental health problems." Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you mean? I, like he'll he'll rap about old stuff, but he's like, "I have mental health problems now." And I was kind of like, and you know, the music and stuff that comes out, like we get rewarded for just talking about that stuff. We just get rewarded, like, "Oh, you deserve this," rather than. What happens if a person just worked hard? We look at Stephen Curry. He had two parent household. I granted, I understand, but like he's one of the greatest shooters of all time. He had two parents in his household. You know, you know, not now, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's but he. I I promise you, I it's looked at. I've heard people look at it differently because he, oh yeah, both parents. No, I just worked really hard with the things that I had. I've never seen Steph Curry or Stephen be like really arrogant about that he's mm-hmm. always been off worked hard for this so yeah. so no i agree with you a thousand ten percent yeah shout out to big sean boy <laughs> <laughs> my favorite song of his is uh it was on the metro boomin uh mixtape or collab i did had. it's called savage time shout out like like my ultimate hype song okay like yeah it's it's amazing like okay. when it talks about like like when it really goes in about like his life and stuff, I'm like, yo, this is like the ultimate hi- hype track. So Savage Time. Dope. Well, I can have this conversation all day, every day with you, but <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? I pre- I appreciate that. I think anything else I would want to share with the listeners uh, is not, I will do a shameless plug of my things. But before I do like a shameless plug, that'll my come th- later. Okay, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, okay. I'll, I'll set you up. Okay, perfect, perfect. I think I just really just want to talk about people, um, just literally being authentically you. And I don't think we talk so much about people being authentically them, and like <laughs> it's so weird how life change changes. I used to speaking of social media. I had my IG tag to be zero to hero, right? And that was based off Hercules. Zero to hero, just like that. That, right? And I had to change that because it was so disrespectful to me being like, oh, I'm a I'm a zero, now I'm a hero. And then I changed it to only hero. That's that's what I and one of the things you talked about that I really wanted to go in, but I wanted to keep pace is just like how you talk to yourself. And underestimating that the narratives that you say about yourself is what you really live out. And I just want to tell people to 
yo, keep failing. Keep, keep, like, I promise you, eight times out of ten when someone dreams of something, it's to help someone. Now, obviously, when you dream, you know, there's this quote where it's kind of like, if you couldn't fail, how big would you dream, right? Now, life, let me tell you, mm-hmm. they got a sledgehammer for that. <laughs> Unless you get 100000 when you when you get out and you have that baseline. But it's almost kind of like what you do for your job, that's just your identity, right? You have a life identity. Like, I get it. You know, you have a driver's license, things like that. I'm always, I always talk to people about like, that's your job and that's your identity, but what are you about? And if you are about something, do it because no one else is telling you to do this. Like I feel so on an Island sometimes when it comes to things I'm interested in relationships, couples, matchmaking, putting people in love, you know, people watching people be happy. And that's cool. And I wasn't want to tell anyone who's listening, whatever you're interested in, the people that you're supposed to be around will, will come and follow. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've spoken to like kids about like, Oh, you know, I hoop, I do this. And then it's like that. Like obviously do those things if you want, but it's kind of like you actually, you know, having a garden. If you think that's dope, have so much pride in that you could be a, you know, plant daddy or, you know, whatever. When you find what you do is dope, other people will feed into that. And this is actually what I tell people in therapy that I want to just tell people who whomever listens to this, right? Because this has helped me. Um, 80%, you know what you need to do to grow and be better. Mm-hmm. The other 20% is you actually believing that you can do those things. And if you can believe you can do those things, whether it takes five, 10 years, if you see it, if you close your eyes and you feel and you smell you're at Jefferson High School and they're like, Robert, oh, he's back. Or that person like, you changed my life or thank you for letting me think different. If you have those dreams, that's what you should be doing and doing it with a plan. So if anything, I'm going to tell you right now, I believe in whatever you're thinking of, whatever you're cooking up right now, whatever's in the back of your noggin, I'm telling you right now, just go and do it. Try it. You're going to be happier. I promise you. I second that. Where can people find you on the interwebs? <laughs> now this is a time for the shamelessness. Um, where they can find me is um, if they want to see clips of the Plano Games podcast, I'm going to start with IG. They can. It's different for a reason, folks. Please, it will all make sense in further time. It is lookhere.fri on instagram also on our instagram page we show clips of the blind dating game show that we've done and other things and works um but if you want to strictly just listen to the podcast we're on the youtube it's play no games now if you type in play no games you're gonna get the chris brown big sean play no games song (laughs) we're trying to make it to that page but if you type in play no games podcast we're one of the first shows that shows up and we have all of our episodes up we're also on apple Podcasts, spotify anchor um and hey if you're really trying to really grow and be better person uh just going for i wouldn't say just better person if you just want to just grow and just think differently 
check out our podcast. We want you to laugh. We want you to be entertained, but we also want to make sure that you're learning because at the end of the day, we're all growing. We're all human. So that's where they can find me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, thank you, Rob. And thank you all for listening to Opening Presents. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.